the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. We've got Joe Biden in his uh, Moon Over Parador remake where he's pretending to be the president. Have a big meeting. The more with his wet socks. We'll discuss him and his pretend administration. But the real shame of it is we still act surprised when you realize that the pharaohs of America are nothing more than political whores. That's what the Supreme Court is. These aren't people who are there because they're the best in their field. They're there because they were cozy to one party or the other. And that is why you have such atrocities like Roe v. Wade. It is why you have such absolute and complete socialist programs like Social Security, like Obamacare. Because these aren't people that are judging things based on what is constitutional or not. They're figuring out how to bastardize freedom so that you can be pulled into this collective fraud that they pretend is a society rather than a dictatorship of which it is so when you see the bicycle champion briar which by the way if you remember when um the intern molester bill clinton picked briar he had fallen off his bikey and he hurt himself and uh, bill clinton had to do the interview before zoom meetings in a hospital and it was Breyer's single mission, because Breyer couldn't ride a bicycle, to make it so that grown men and women had to ride around with those little stupid helmets on when they rode their bicycles, because they were worried that there would be head injuries. You know, in my world, the old neighborhood, if you were a klutz, if you were dumb enough to fall off your bike, you deserved a head injury and the limp that ensued. But in Breyer's world, he's saving us from ourselves. And that's really the kind of judges we have from the Democrats, the kind who save you from your freedom. They save you from your own liberty. You're too stupid to have it. So you need these scum, these people to pick it for you. And what I like about this particular admission by Joe Biden is he basically said, Joe Biden pledges to nominate a black woman. That's 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 wonderful to uh, uphold his fascism, his Marxism, his collectivism. And to abide by the constitutional American principles this country's founded on. Now, does anybody give a rip from this point forward? Or why would you, after Roe v. Wade, after Obamacare, what these pharaohs say about anything? God knows I don't. I give them the exact respect they deserve, which is absolutely none. They're nothing more than political whores. After all, Sotomayor embarrassed not only herself, she embarrassed the Supreme Court, she embarrassed the country with her last go-around of her stupid, it's either stupidity or lies, pick yours, 
with the 100,000 kids clinging to life from Omicron, none of which, none of which is true. And, and not to mention fat judge in a little robe, Elena Kagan. I think she got there because she looks like Chris Farley in drag. But she certainly didn't get there because she was a wonderful lawyer. She was Obama's professor. She was a sycophant to the Marxist mafia. That's why we're strapped, and that's why she's breaking those chairs in the Supreme Court halls. Not because she's good at anything. That goes for the lot of them, as far as I'm concerned. It's ridiculous. I like Clarence Thomas, but what Clarence Thomas did beyond the shadow of a doubt is prove that Joe Biden is, in fact, an absolute and total racist. It was Joe Biden that leaked the Anita Hills nonsense, propagandized it, stoked it, made it up, and tried to derail in the same way he did Bork. That's who Joe Biden is, a racist, fraud, scumbag. And now he doesn't have his faculties. So now he's just a mean, angry old man who's confused as to what room he's in and what time it is. That's what Joe Biden is. So before I, I go on to the briar, I want you to hear an example of what I mean. This is, this is Joe Biden in a pretend meeting today. But uh, um, I might point out, you're, uh, when I went to Dearborn driving that uh, you know, uh, was up there. I don't know, man. It, it uh, I think the press thought I was crazy. I enjoyed it so much going up and uh, your new EV factory and, uh, and that, uh, that Hummer. Brilliant. It's a miracle we're only in the predicaments we're in. We're in bankruptcy. We've got foreign calamities on both sides of the country on every front. It's a miracle we're only this bad off. If it wasn't for that Ponzi scheme and the corruption of the Fed, and we'll get to Jerome Powell later, we'd really be in a pickle if people realized the kind of piece of garbage you have pretending to be the president in his Moon Over Parador remake. So when Breyer quits, I say, good, get out of the way, dummy. Hello, my name is Stephen Breyer. I'm a justice of the United States Supreme Court. And today I want to encourage you to fill out your census form. Which is why I never did. I heard that a long time. Never did, because Breyer wants me to. See, because what Breyer is, is just another socialist Marxist mafia member with a high-pitched voice and a little swag in his step. There's a little sugar in that tank. That comes from the Constitution of the United States. Ooh. It says that every 10 years, government will take a census counting the number of people, and a lot depends on it. How many representatives your state has in Congress depends on the answers to the... Shut up, Sally. Yeah, you're going to be missed. I don't know who's going to replace you. I know she's not going to deserve it. I know it'll be an affirmative action hire, but she'll be better than you. So don't worry. Don't get all your tail feathers in an uproar. But I want to tell you a little story of something that happened to me this week. What an insult this is to women. What an insult this is to people who are capable. I was showing a property to a relative down in South Florida. And we went into this property, and I had an appointment. And rare, most of the time, 99% of the time, the property is vacant. And I opened the door, and there was this wonderful 90-year-old woman sitting at the table on her laptop. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, we had an appointment. And she said, no, don't worry, I, I have nowhere to go. So we showed the house, and uh, she asked me, do you do commercial property? I said, yes. And she was upset because her commercial property, she had a problem with it. And uh, she asked if I could take a look at it. I went over to the computer, and I saw that this woman owned several commercial properties. So we started to talk. She's 90 years old. Now, the, you know, I don't make assumptions about people. I like to talk and figure out who they are. It turns out that this woman, who was a minority, had come here when she was seven years old. Seventy-plus 
or 80 plus years ago, 80 plus years ago, she went to school and her father worked two jobs to put her through school. She became an actual scientist, not like a corrupt Fauci pig, but a real scientist. Turns out she's been mentioned and written over a thousand papers that have been published in universities throughout the country. She has over 36 patents that she's aware of. She's mentioned in about 180 other patents. She did all of that as a minority woman without the help of a political party. And as you know and you read that now we promote people on their skin color, on their genitals, and on their sexual proclivities. No offense, Pete Buttigieg, but what are you good at except getting wine out of cashmere? You now realize what kind of administration you're really in store for and what you really have and what the next three years is going to look like. As the people who are best at things are never going to get there in the Biden regime, in the feeble fascist. They're never going to head up any department. None of it. They're never going to be promoted or be in charge of things or come up with, with innovative ways to dig us out of this bankruptcy and this calamity that is the Democrat mafia. All you're going to get is more of this nonsense. And what an insult it must be to the women of all minorities to know that none of their individual success matters. All they needed to do was bribe the right Democrat. And you could leapfrog over all of those women who are excellent in their field and deserve it. The kind of opportunity that will be handed to somebody because of their skin color and because of their genitalia. I happen to know a lot of people who are not Caucasoids and are all very successful and did it themselves, created something, produced something, contributed to something and became wealthy or successful to their definition or even beyond that. The Democrat mafia laughs at those people laughs at them, discounts their achievements with every policy, with every fascistic dictate. What you have here is three years left. We're only a year and a couple days into this idiot's usurpation of the most powerful office. So when you hear something about Vladimir Putin reassembling the Soviet Union, think about it for a minute. Maybe that's propaganda. Maybe Vladimir Putin doesn't like the fact that America is rudderless. And now the UN, which is full of corrupt governments from around the world, wants to put a weapon depot next door to them. Maybe, just maybe. Maybe the reason that China is so aggressive is because they smell blood in the water. And they know that they've bribed the Biden administration for the last 30 years. They've owned Joe Biden's sister, brother, crackhead. They own Joe Biden. Maybe the reason we're in all of these problems isn't happenstance of COVID and policies and a pandemic. Maybe the reason you're here is because the American morons just want something for nothing and refuse to look at exactly the kind of people that are telling them they deserve it, that are stoking the divisions and stoking the hatred. I sum it up very easily. The reason we're here is the American Marxist mafia called Democrats. And wherever they are, this is what you should expect. Bribery. Corruption, failure, payoffs, and nonsense, and no way out, and feudalism, and hopelessness, and guessing. And that covers virtually every topic we face. Guessing by people who don't deserve to be in positions they're in. And we call them leaders? They're not leaders. They're a corrupt mafia who are clueless, 
at every front. Now, when I get back, I'll take your calls and we'll get into the specifics of the corruption in the Biden Marxist mafia. 312-642-5600. AM560, The Answer. The hypocrites scatter when I shine the bright light of reason. I'm Larry Elder. Join me tonight at 7, right here on AM560, The Answer. Look at Larry celebrating me off the radio. I'm going to have to go after that hour. I actually have had the pleasure of meeting Larry. Wonderful, wonderful person. And think about how much better off California would have been if they didn't allow William Randolph Hearst and Nancy Pelosi's nephew to continue to destroy that once great state. Kind of reminds you of everywhere these Democrats are. Well, now they're in charge of the whole kit and caboodle. So the failure is abundant. The choices are plentiful. And the aggravation is at DEFCON 4. That inflation is hitting the hardest on Main Street as the price of food, clothing, cars, and housing continues to climb. One of the biggest drivers of the higher prices we're all paying, disruptions at every level of the supply chain, from Chinese manufacturing plants to gridlocked ports to U.S. store shelves. Now, this is a propaganda piece. The main driver, the absolute and total main driver, is Biden policies. End of story. And oil broke $90 today. Broke $90. And then they come in and they sell it short and it goes under 90 But when it breaks $90, Rootin' Tootin' Putin buys another hooker because he makes another $100 billion. That's how it works. What Joe Biden has managed to do in a year is not only create massive inflation that could have potentially been avoided, even if Trump would have done certain things differently, but what he did that Trump would have done absolute differently is enrich all of our enemies at the same time, massively driving up the cost of the base of all economies, not just the American economy, all economies. And that's oil. And I know the green eco-Nazis don't like the truth. Well, too bad. Oil is what you need to live. It's what keeps you warm. It's what keeps you cool. It would keep you fed and dressed and all the rest of it. Yes, it is. And by the way, paint your toenails, you look ridiculous, women. What Bidenflation will do is we're just at the beginning of it. We're just at the beginning. You're going to look back at these prices and say, man, that was a deal. And the reason is Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve have no idea what to do next. None. Do you know there was a time when they had Fed meetings when they didn't tell you, we're going to raise the rates in March. No, no, no. You had to decipher their language. And their mood. This is a new phenomenon. It's kind of like Bill Clinton coming home in the 90s and telling Hillary, I'm going to stop sleeping with the intern in March. Why would you warn? Just do it. If you have the foundation, just do it. And the reason they cannot do it is because they probably won't. And if they do, it will be short lived. Because as I was reading Hochberg's commercial, do you know how many other people are paying their bills with credit cards? How many hundreds of millions of people are paying their bills with credit cards? Do you know what happens to those fees and the costs of the debt when Jerome Powell and his misfit corrupt mafia raise the rates on an experiment? Those are the people who get hurt the most. So Biden's propaganda wing has to come out and tell you it's supply change. Chains. As if they're victims. We're victims. It's COVID's fault. None of this is COVID's fault. All of it is political. The entire reason we're in this predicament is because the the Democrat mafia demanded 
on nationalizing the economy because they knew once in control they could have this kind of experiment and your ability to fight back against it will be nullified. That's why now you're being propagandized by what is supposed to be a media. Whether it's the air transportation to bring goods in, the cost of ocean freight carriers, whether it's truck drivers or the distribution center workers, everything is costing more. And see, none of it goes into the, the, the totalitarian mandates of the vaccine. How many truckers quit their jobs? How many businesses went out of business, both because of Biden and Trump nationalizing the economy, nationalizing small business? How can you quantify it? You can't. So now you're going to be inundated with BS. Along with higher prices, longer wait times. Lauren Logan and Charlie Birnbaum operate stores for expecting parents on opposite sides of the country. At Pish Posh Baby in New Jersey, they've tried to adapt. We've completely rehauled their website, um, added features that would help, uh, you know, when we're out of... Yeah, out of good. And when you go out of business, it'll be a write-off. Because unless things changed yesterday, you're going to go out of business. Or you're going to have to borrow more PPP money that you have no idea who's paying it or what. And then you've got the 40% of the unemployment that's been absconded, the nearly 60% of the PPP. And in the meantime, all of it could have been avoided. All of it can still be corrected. The only problem you really got is this idiot. I'm just going to demur on that one. But it's really an honor to be here. Thank you for inviting me to this event. And, and I just want to say that... Come on, that guys. Let's, let's, let's move this... I just, I just wanted to say that, um, that uh, I, I think that... He has no idea the other guy's talking. He has no idea the other guy's talking. He has no idea what to do next. He has no idea where he is. And the people who are in charge got there because of their genitalia and their skin tone. Oh, and the fact that they are Marxists and they're part of the Democrat mafia. That's why they're there. And it will explain what happens and what is happening across the nation. This is from Scranton... Pennsylvania. You remember where Joe pretends to be from? Retire and get out of office. Go home. Go home. What in the hell are you doing? <laughs> you don't want to know what I want to say. Impeach. We don't have to wait for him to retire. We don't have to wait for him to put Kamala Harris on the Supreme Court and slip in the Duchess of Chaffington. Yes, I heard that too. We don't have to wait for any of that. We have the actual reasons for impeachment today today he embarrassed the nation himself by destroying the trajectory of recovery because we're never going to recover with this idiot in charge of anything 312-642-5600 i'll take all your calls when i get back am 560 the answer wait a minute wait a minute did keith pick this song i'll tell you what it's not disappointing. Not disappointing. So we've got a line change. Honey Bunny is our new producer. Misty has moved on. Keith is helping out on the board. Keith doesn't get excited about the show. He has no facial expression. Good hair. And I didn't think he could pick music, but uh, I'll tell you what, so far I've been impressed with him. Let's go to the phone lines. Jim and Lyle. Sean. Yes. Sean, kudos to you. Sebastian Maniscalco has nothing on you. Where do you come up with this? The Duchess of Chaffington, I assume, is Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I almost never heard. I, I was calling her that when when Bruce and Dan were on another station. I was calling her that because you know uh, I got to tell you, I got to tell you something, Jim. I learned a long time ago. Bullies are bullies, and they only really exist if you allow them to. 
the one thing a bully hates, hates, is to be made fun of. And they can beat you up and they can intimidate you. But if you're quiet, that's the only time you really lose to a bully. And if you point out that nugget of truth and you make them look as ridiculous as they should, ultimately that's what they're most afraid of. So that's why I do that to the Duchess of Chaffington, not just because I love the song Fat Bottom Girls Make the World Go Round. However, this is just how my brain works. Well, you know what, your brain, I, I understand your brain. And I, I want to tell you something about a week ago, about 10 days or maybe a week ago, you, you said something that was very profound. Some people will be able to tell you what the score was from Super Bowl 12 and who got the winning touchdown. But you, but they're as dumb as a box of rocks. And you remember when you were talking like that? Yeah, well, Some here's the, it's, it, it's a problem I saw since I was a kid. Grown men know more about strangers then they know about the policies that are taking away their opportunity. And that's exactly. a huge that's a huge problem. So when we talk about this stuff, you know, when you talk about Hillary Clinton, I had a friend of mine come up and he goes, you know what the plan is? The plan is they're going to stick Kamala Harris in the Supreme Court. They're going to put Hillary Clinton in the vice presidency. And then Joe Biden is going to get he's going to step away and Hillary Clinton will be president and all this stuff. You I've have to remember that. you have to remember why Hillary Clinton lost. She lost because like Kamala Harris. She wears her disdain for humanity on her face. She cannot conceal it. Anybody could have beat Hillary Clinton. I mean, anybody. Because only some of the people will be fooled when it comes to this kind of person, this kind of character. What shocked me, what shocked me, is that so many were fooled when it came to this feeble old man who has been nothing but corrupt for 50 years. Nothing but wrong for 50 years. He is the most unqualified, unfit, unable person to ever hold office let alone the presidency it's a true travesty jim but that's because i that's all i focus on i could tell you nothing about sports nothing i have never seen lebron james do anything and i'm very proud of that thank you very much jim i appreciate it that's oh i didn't mean to hang up on you that's just my formula because this is what's important see what steals our kids future isn't athletes and their stats or who gets in the hall of fame What steals the future is the corruption that goes on that we become accustomed to. The idea that not only in Illinois can can politicians be related to lobbyists, can Dick Durbin's wife be a lobbyist, can the rest of it, can they have an an interest in a law firm that negotiates tax sales, it's that the people are ignorant to it. So politics is, is, is theater with ugly people. And you have to let the people who are being victimized of it understand this. Joe Biden doesn't like anybody, let alone minorities. Not just because he palled around with a Klansman, Robert Byrd. Look at what he did to Clarence Thomas. See, what Joe Biden has contempt for is the truth. What Joe Biden has contempt for is honesty, is Americanism. That idea that they are supposed to be held to account. Joe Biden has been wrong for 50 years when he had his faculties. Joe Biden is the facade of a mafia done and he's as corrupt as they are and that's why he's in there and that's why nancy pelosi is in there do you think there's a reason for an 81 year old who can't form a sentence to be the speaker speaker is in the title she can't form a sentence speaker of the house how do you get to that position and that goes on our side old lady face mitch mcconnell what is his great asset why is he always going to be the the republican leader in the senate why because he's the most corrupt How many people know that you get on these committees not because you earned them, but because you buy them? Did you know that? When you're a congressman, you could be be, uh, like Gary Rabine. 
You could be a guy that that built a career out of labor, right? You you did labor. You did you started in uh, asphalt and then you did roofing, and that's your forte. So if he's elected a congressman today, he doesn't get into the committees that are, have to do with uh, infrastructure or roads and bridges. No, no, no. He has to go to the GOP and write a check from his campaign to get on that committee. That's how you have uh, what's her name, uh, uh, the girl from California, Ann Esther. What the hell's her Maxine Waters? Can't balance a checkbook. She's the head of the finance committee. Head of the finance committee? Why? Because her husband owned the bank that was the first on the bailouts? This is a corrupt system we have. And where we come together is when people, just us Americans, are tired of the BS. Tired of it. When we're tired of looking at LeBron James and getting lectured to by stewardesses and and cowards. Cowards. You know what uh, a problem we have right now with uh, with the vaccine? And everybody knew this who has kids. Do you know what it's done to kids to be taught to be slaves? Not only did you forever take away their confidence and change what America is and change the way they're going to think of their opportunity of opening a business or succeeding because you, you, you forever turn them into slaves. But there's something else that you've done to kids that should have been taken into consideration. Jacqueline Teague says during this pandemic, her speech therapy clinic has seen an enormous shift in the ages of their patients. Before the pandemic, only 5% of patients were babies and toddlers. Today, it has soared to 20%. Many parents calling it COVID delayed. We've seen a 360. Now, a lot of this I blame. I don't just give a, a pass to the COVID. This is the parents. Spend the time, teach your kid how to do it right. I don't think you need society to raise your kid, but apparently a lot of people do. But none of this was taken into consideration. Kind of like the vaccine. None of it was taken into consideration. Did you ever think in this country... Try to try to take yourself out of the emergency, the hyperness of it all. Did you ever think in this country a politician, a politician could tell you you have to inject something in your body? I don't give a rip what the excuse is. And as it starts to fail and as the vaccinated people, they make up 40 and 50 percent of the dead people and they make up the same amount of the infected people. Why are we unable to have that conversation? Why is your 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 rebuttal being censored? Why? Because. These are cowards in charge who want you to feel that they are in charge rather than what they really are. Corrupt and incompetent. That's what we have. These are never leaders. That's why I have always had a problem with calling politicians honorable. The minute they win the office, they're honorable. None of them deserve it. By the time they're done, they're like Nancy Pelosi. Just nothing but a saggy gangster with a couple hundred million she was able to front run. The problem with America is that we have too much respect for offices that don't deserve it. And they have no accountability no matter how much they squander, no matter how much they waste. And we've turned over our opinion to the corrupt. Jerome Powell did something today that 30 years ago he would have been arrested for, let alone the head of the Fed. He's telling the world what he's going to do. That's not the mission statement of the Fed. If you have an opinion, you do it. Do you, do you know that only 20 years ago there were unannounced rate adjustments by the Fed? What the hell is going on? Why are we collaborating with politicians to decide? Either the Fed is independent or it's part of the government, which it obviously is. Because the Fed is now full of Democrats. The Supreme Court, full of Democrats. The whole damn thing is full of corrupt Democrats. And by the way, corrupt Republicans. So how do you save it? How do you fix it? You go back to the American principles. And you impeach the corrupt and you demand that our Federal Bureau of Investigation, you know, that arm, that arm of the Marxist mafia, actually start to put people away.
And what I'd like to see is people start to demand, how could you write two books on the Hunter Biden hard drive? Two books are up. The Laptop from Hell and Red Handed. The scandals go after both parties. Both parties. Why is no one getting arrested? But if you could find that answer out, you'll find out whatever happened to Madigan's indictment. Whatever happened to Ed Burke's indictment. See, the problem is the corrupt people, they're also the Democrat judges. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. AM 560, the answer. AM 560, the answer. I'm not too disappointed. Very good, very good. Um, I'm blessed in life. I'm blessed because I was raised by somebody who told me to judge everything. Most people tell their kids don't judge. Don't judge lest you be judged. Judge. Judge yourself the harshest. But judge. How else could you turn over society to these corrupt bastards? How else? You're too polite. None of them should be in office. Every one of them should be thrown out of office. And only the ones that have a fiduciary duty, not to me, not to a party, but to a principal, should be in these positions, any position in government. We don't have those characters. We have con artists, cheats, and frauds. And now we are living in a society now where we're allowing our kids to be taught to be slaves. We're allowing politicians who are bribed more often than not or campaign contributed by companies that benefit from their policies to put a drug in our arm. And you believe it. You believe it. That's why I have, I have a lot of senators I like. I have one I love, and that's Ron Johnson. And he doesn't, you know, I've talked to him a couple times, but he doesn't know me. He doesn't need the work, but he gives a platform to people who have been harmed from this fascistic mandate. And he's silenced. The comments are redacted. Why are they hiding it from us? But they don't want you to think about it. After all, has anybody given any real thought as to where in the hell this thing came from? Really? Nobody buys that bet BS, do they? And then on COVID origins, you guys are talking a lot about sanctions for Russia if they dare to invade Ukraine. What about sanctions for China at any point uh, for misleading the world about the early days of the global pandemic? We have used sanctions as a tool uh, as it relates to our concerns about the behavior of a range of countries, uh, including officials in China. Uh, but I have nothing to for you at this point. I love it when you lie. Is that on the line, though, that, they, that sanctions would be considered some other form of punishment for their actions in the earliest days of the pandemic. Well, you know, we strongly believe, and the president has been clear and directly clear about the importance of them being transparent and providing data and information. Yeah, that's what happened. I'll tell you, it's like watching Jane Russell juggle in a bikini. It's just something to watch. The way this lipstick on a pig salesman just puts that lipstick on. Franco, Chicago. Hey, Franco. Hello, everybody. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can, yes. Hey, how you doing? Good, buddy. Uh, so, yeah, you know, you're you're echoing everything that, uh, you know, I guarantee just about every family and household is speaking of it. And if they're not speaking of it, then they're still blind and numb to this nonsense that's going on with these Democrats. I mean, this, this is, it's getting to a point, and if I get long-winded, just tell me. It's That's getting to a point here where, where you've got to start to really seriously wonder about people. Like, for instance, how in the hell are we not marching in the street every day? And I'm not talking about some thugs trying to get some free stuff out of a storefront. I'm talking about some organized, some organized 
disciplined uh, focus on the real problem. And the real problem is here is, like you've said, I don't know any other word. I'm quite an articulate man, and I've tried to think about it. There's no other word than crook. I mean, yeah, crook is Absolute. It. Absolute it's mafia member. That's why, that's why, Franco, you know how many times they would say that uh, in my old neighborhood, oh, these guys are mafia. Why are they mafia? They're not mafia. The only mafia comes with a pension. I'd rather be in the Madigan Mafia than any other crime family. After all, that's the one that makes a lot of money. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody even goes to trial. FBI, forever bothering Italians. Uh, Megan, Teresa, I didn't get to you, but I will get to you later in the show. Thanks for calling. We'll be back. Got a, got a lot of show for you. A lot of show. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little I remember when I first read Harris Alec, he was at the Washington Free Beacon. I also read him when he was at Breitbart. But now I get to interview him, that he's at the Washington Times. He covers Congress, energy issues, and so much more. He's been with me since the beginning. Harris Alec, how are you, my friend? Doing well, Sean. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. I got asked, though, why didn't you have me on while I was at the Free Beacon? I joke, I joke. No, no, no. Um, you remember how this started, right? I used to fill in for that Irish gypsy. That moron Walsh. <laughs> and I never really got to pick anybody till it was my show. Once I got my show, I told Misty Kelly, let's put you in the rotation, kid. I love your stuff. I really do. And um, well, even when you write that, about... Sean. It's always a pleasure to be on with you. I'm no just joking around. I'm glad, we could, uh, I'm, I'm glad we could connect tonight, though. Obviously, there's such big news coming out of Washington with um, the impending retirement of uh, Associate Justice Stephen Breyer from the Supreme Court. Now, I used, to, uh, I used to love Bugs Bunny. Did you watch Bugs Bunny, or are you too young for that? <laughs> I did there, watch Bugs Bunny, yeah. There was a turtle. That, it was real a thorn in the side of Bugs Bunny. I never cared for the turtle, and uh, I never cared for Stephen Breyer, not just because he looks like the turtle, but because Stephen Breyer <laughs> is the catalyst for why you have to wear your bicycle helmet. If you remember, when Clinton appointed him, he was in the hospital. He fell off his bicycle. And I knew we were going to have to deal. That. I knew we were going to have to deal with another democrat who saw the constitution and the freedom and liberty as a as a hurdle that he had to overcome in order to implement this kind of fascistic government we're now used to so i don't really care that he's going to retire i don't really care that biden's going to replace him with somebody who doesn't deserve it as far as i'm concerned i don't think any of them deserve it what do you think well i think obviously there's a lot of jockeying for a supreme court uh position you know now whether or not people deserve it or not you know that's that's above uh my pay grade, in, in all honesty. But I do think that given how important the Supreme Court has become in deciding so many pivotal issues uh, in our country, I mean, this year alone, we're going to uh, we're going to know what the uh, what the final decision is going to be on a lot of these coronavirus restrictions. The Supreme Court already struck down uh, President Biden's private sector mandate. Um, we you know, they're going to decide the fate of Roe. Potentially, they're going to decide a pivotal gun rights case. I do think it's important that, you know, there are qualified individuals on the Supreme Court, but I do think there is this kind of little cottage industry that's come about where, you know, people clerk for certain justices and then they get put in the rotation pool. And then if they're liked by a certain president, if there's a, uh, you know, if there's a potential resignation, then they get put on. I mean, 
every single Supreme Court justice, you know, they all went to the same four or five schools. They all live in the same four or five different areas. They all know the same, you know, group of people, whether it is they're on the left or the right. Um, it really is an elitist institution. I think that's kind of where you're coming from, too. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Uh, and now that we know beyond the shadow of a doubt, you know, I always knew that Sotomayor was a moron even before she proved it. And I knew she got the job because of her ethnicity and her genitalia. Have you ever seen uh, 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 at this level somebody come out, not that Joe Biden is aware of it, and say, I'm going to appoint a black woman to the Supreme Court rather than somebody who is the best in their field. And, you know, I've always been offended by the idea we picked people on color. I think it's disgusting when it happened when white people were put in places because they were white. It's just as disgusting when anybody else is put in a position because of their color, their uh, genitalia, their sexual proclivities. And uh, I don't just mean getting Merlot out of cashmere like Buttigieg. I find the whole damn thing offensive. I think this was something that President Biden obviously had to do simply because of the fact that uh, you know, African-American voters and specifically African-American women are such a big part of the Democratic constituency. And he only won the nomination because African-American voters came out for him in South Carolina. And that created the momentum that he needed to, you know, dispatch his rivals on Super Tuesday. If you look back to the 2020 race, I mean, he lost Iowa. He lost New Hampshire, came in second or third, I think, in, in Nevada. Um, so, you know, he made a deal with a core Democratic constituency and he promised that he would appoint an African-American woman to the Supreme Court. Now that, you know, now that uh, promise is coming to roost with uh, 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 Associate Justice Breyer's uh, intended resignation. Now, whether or not, you know, people say, is, is that appropriate? Should you prioritize race and, uh, you know, uh, uh, gender over people who are more qualified? I, I don't really know. I do think this is probably the first time that's happened. Uh, but, I mean, there this is a purely political reason. I mean, if you remember back in, you know, uh, in, in the early 90s, uh, you know, Joe Biden voted for um, uh, a few conservative leading Supreme Court justices. He also attempted to tank quite a few of them. Uh, Robert Bork, for instance, was one that he attempted to tank, uh, uh, Clarence Thomas. So, you know, I think he had to make that promise to African-American voters because he had the, uh, the bad history of having been chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee when uh, Anita Hill came to testify and a lot of Democrats and a lot of uh, African-American women and women generally in the in the liberal coalition were very still angry about his treatment of her. Uh, but, you know, that's that's politics in a nutshell. It's not necessarily fair. It's not necessarily, you know, anything that would happen in the uh, in the business world. Well, I just say things that you, wouldn't have happened in the business world until a few years ago. But no, this whole thing is are. preposterous. And it, it does explain why society is collapsing, because you have people who don't deserve positions, but they just get them. And that is the, the recipe for destruction. And I don't care if you're running an ice cream parlor or the government, that's how you lose. And that's what we're going to have to get used to, in my opinion, is losing. I've always been astonished because I've never, I, I, I don't judge you by how you look. I don't give a rip what color you are, or what, what's underneath your skirt or in your trousers or who you sleep with. I never did. But the idea, the idea that people do not know who Joe Biden is and what he specifically did to Clarence Thomas and how, in fact, if you just look at the old tapes on YouTube of him interrogating Justice Thomas and the babbling and the intimidation and the extortion, not to mention he pelled around with Robert Berg. They're riding in a convertible, waving to people. I mean, how stupid are, are Democrats? I, I, it's just astonishing to me. I'm sorry, but I just have to lay it out like that. But I, I have a low bar for being insulted. And to me, the Biden administration 
has been one giant insult to the principles of America, which is that you don't get in positions because you've corrupted a political party, but you get to these positions because you deserve it. And now when you see Sotomayor make a moronic statement, and when you see a fat judge in a little robe, Elena Kagan, just vote lockstep, the only real surprise has ever come when the guy who's appointed by a Republican supports uh, socialist health care. I mean, that's the last time I was ever shocked by a vote. Otherwise, you know exactly how they're going to vote, don't you? Absolutely. Look, I mean, the Supreme Court is so polarized, and I think, you know, this is why, uh, this is actually one of the reasons why I don't think Republicans are gearing up to fight whoever uh, President Biden appoints to replace uh, Justice Breyer, you know, because of the fact that there's already a 6-3 conservative majority on the Supreme Court. Um, you know, back in the day, uh, back in the early 80s, at least as, as, as late as then, you know, people had to make up at least decent excuses for why they didn't feel like someone was qualified to serve in the Supreme Court. And now they can just come <laughs> no. out right out and say, hey, you know, I think he's too yeah. liberal or I think he's too conservative. And she's an idiot, but look at she's the race. Of, yeah, she's an idiot, but she's the race of choice and she's a woman. And I'm pretty sure she goes both ways on the weekends. I mean, this is what it's it's idiocracy at this point. It's embarrassing. And it, what we're really checking boxes to yeah. fit a, uh, you know, to to fit political ends. Uh, to, you know, make everyone, uh, you know, happy as part of a grand political bargain. Um, and look, and, you know, and I, you know, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I think uh, both Democrats and, and Republicans have done this in recent years. And I think it just shows, you know, how politicized our society is and how politicized the court itself has been. Uh, but I think, you know, President Biden is, uh, I think he's going to come through on this promise. And I think what's going to be interesting is we're going to see just how much uh, Republicans are going to fight this because, Obviously, the Senate is just barely in Democratic control with Vice President Kamala Harris casting a tie-breaking vote. Um, there are two moderate Democrats who generally have a tendency to vote with uh, uh, the Democratic Party and have a tendency to back judges of both parties. Um, and Republicans are going to have to figure out, you know, is this something that we're going to oppose tooth and nail and have 50 votes against? Or is this something that we're going to, you know, come to the realization, oh, well, you know, we've got our majority on the court. That's not going to change. We've got a, uh, we've got a president of the opposing party. Uh, and if the nominee is not as controversial and as radical as uh, prior ones have been, I've heard from numerous Republican lawmakers that, you know, they're not prepared to fight this as hard as they would have otherwise because the stakes aren't as high for them. No. Uh, now, obviously, that could all change. You know, Biden could end up nominating uh, Stacey Abrams next week, and, you know, the whole situation can change, and Republicans will probably be, you know, well, I'd love opposed. But, uh, but think <laughs> about this. Think about this, Harris. She'll balance out the picture. Because I don't know if you've taken a look at, at Sotomayor. She's, she's gotten rather plump. So if you put Adams on one side of the photograph and you put Sotomayor on the other and you put Fat Judge in a little roll, Belena Kagan in the middle, now you've got yourself just an ad for ice cream. Uh, I think it would be perfect. And I think that's how you should start to report it. From now on, I want you to break it down. Not 6'3", not 5'4". Break it down by genitalia, by, by, by race, and uh, by sexual proclivities. I don't know where you'd put Breyer, but the good news is you don't have that problem anymore. Um, I want to talk about another thing, if you if you if you sure. don't mind, and that is there oh, was a please. hope f for optimism, and that was the anti-vax rally in Washington. That was when what would be considered the far left, along with many people who consider themselves to be Trump supporters or far right or whatever the case is, had a shared atrocity they wanted to combat. Over twenty thousand people showed up. They cut the electric at three thirty because that's what the permit was to. But the real story to me is you had people who were, for the most part, opposites coming together to push off a fascistic government 
And I didn't see too many stories written about it that way. But isn't that the way it should be looked at? I think, obviously, you, you, you had a broad coalition. Um, I didn't cover the event myself, but I think uh, Robert F. Kennedy uh, Jr. was there. You know, it's always funny when you have Robert F. Kennedy Jr. at anything just because such a scion of the Democratic Party, just a scion of, uh, you know, uh, uh, contemporary liberalism. And he was there, and then you also had, you know, both coalitions there. And I think, as you've seen with, um, you know, the pushback from vaccinations as you, uh, you know, to, to these vaccine mandates, to these restrictions, as you said, you know, it's, it's coming from both the right and the left. And there hasn't been a lot of coverage on it. And look, and, you know, and I'm going to be frankly honest with you, um, I know reporters in Washington, D.C., and reporters in the, in the press gallery who, you know, uh, openly, you know, said during uh, the uh, last year, during the initial coronavirus pandemic, that, you know, they were uncomfortable covering the breakthrough cases, the coronavirus breakthrough cases, because, you know, they didn't want to push the idea of vaccine skepticism. There's, you know, there's kind of a oh, narrative out there. In isn't that the media press's job you do, is to you know, push what, skepticism? I mean, that's that's the, literally your mission statement is to probe, be suspicious and press skepticism to a one opinion government. I am just confused and aggravated and disgusted all at the same time. But then again, I, I'm wearing flip flops so I don't get too aggravated. <laughs> so you so never go I, wrong with. Uh, no, you can never go wrong with flip flops. I was thinking about calling it flip flop studio, but we went with uh, Studio Xanadu. <laughs> but um, there's another problem that I see, and that is the way in which we're hearing the coverage of Ukraine. And there's also a different spin to it, if you think about it for just one minute. And what made me think about it was that Vladimir Putin is now friendly with the dictator in Cuba. I don't know his name. He's a bigger, more masculine version of uh, Fidel Castro and his brother. Uh, well, younger too. <laughs> he's a lot younger, but he's still a communist. He's still a party member. Course, and that yeah. was a clear message that Okay, so you want the U.N. to put weapon systems on my border? Maybe I'll partner up with the Cuban and we'll bring back the missile crisis. And for just a moment, I thought to myself, what if the Russians and Vladimir Putin see the U.N. as what it really is, which is a front for America's kind of uh, military idea of having thousands of bases and hundreds of thousands of troops all around the world? And what if it's not Ukraine he's upset with? But the idea that this American front organization called the U.N. that we pretend our allies rather than bribed countries, we pretend are our friends to put a weapon system next to Russia. I mean, if you look at it for just that moment, it kind of gives you a little different perspective on it. And could that be valid or is he reassembling the Soviet Union the way so many neocons and pro-military and Halliburton stockholders want me to believe? Well, uh for instance, I don't believe that he's, you know, trying to reestablish the Soviet Union. I think uh, fundamentally Putin is doing what, uh, you know, essentially any thug on the world stage does. Or, you know, uh, it could be your thug on the corner. It could be your thug uh, ruling, you know, a, a hundred million person country. And that is he's got control of Russia. You know, there's no inner challenge there for him. So, you know, what else does he have to do but show his aggressiveness on the world stage? And people were saying this during the Afghanistan debacle, too, that, you know, if Biden didn't take a stand on Afghanistan, well, then Russia and China would view that as a sign of weakness, and then they would start testing, um, you know, what they could get away with. And Ukraine is just the clearest iteration of that. You know, uh, it shows that uh, Russia and China, two of our biggest global political adversaries, you know, don't necessarily respect this White House. They think they can get away with a lot of stuff because they don't think that Biden has the political will or the wherewithal to stand up to them and follow through on his threats. I mean, he just now put 8,000 U.S. troops on 
alert that he's going to send them over when military observers and generals were saying just send them over, you know, two months ago, because the last thing you want to do if you're Putin and if you're planning on reinvading Ukraine is, you know, you don't want to potentially worry about having some U.S. soldiers there who, if something goes wrong, you've actually started a third world war. Um, so, you know, I don't I don't want to send 8000 kids there to be target practice either. And, you know, you got one hundred and thirty thousand Russians. You're going to send eight thousand kids. It doesn't make any damn right. sense to me. It really doesn't. Right. I don't think and anyone it, does. But I mean, uh, as as President Donald Trump, you know, um, um, you know, argued this so prolifically is, you know, America first is about reasserting America's dominance as a superpower. It doesn't mean, you know, uh, sending uh, U.S. soldiers to die in foreign fields. It doesn't mean, you know, uh, pushing forward with all these forever wars. It means taking care of our own in America, but it also means that, you know, you assert America's presence on the global stage. And look, you know, if uh, if Putin just wanted half of Ukraine, he was going to stop there and that was going to be it. And if, you know, if, if China just wanted Taiwan, I think most Americans would say whatever. Uh, you know, they wouldn't necessarily put up as much of a fight because, again, it's not our country, it's not our people. But the problem is that if you don't check them there, then they're going to keep making more and more aggressive moves because that's yeah. what thugs do. You know, if, uh, if someone takes your lunch money one day, well, and you don't no, fight back, they're going to realize they can keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And Here's that's why kind of I'm the big tainted. problem here. And, you know, I'm tainted because the Ukrainian government has been bribing the Biden crime family, Inc., <laughs> for decades. They're interwoven with corruption. Our, our, our so-called investigative bodies do nothing about it. They've had the evidence for two years. And here I am buying this narrative I, sold well, to I me by both. I think a very important point that you're making is that, you know, uh, President Biden, probably more so than any leader on the world stage, knows Ukraine. You know, he was put in charge of uh, the Obama administration's response to the last Russian invasion of Ukraine in the mid-2010s. He's been there numerous times. He knows the players both there in Moscow. He knows the military situation. And when he ran for president in 2020, he promised that, you know, Vladimir Putin did not want him as president. He was okay with the other guy, but he did not want him as president. And obviously, as we've seen, Putin knows this is a man who understands the military tactics, the strategy, the political implications of Ukraine, probably better than he knows of a lot of other foreign countries. He doesn't care if he doesn't take him seriously enough, and that's why he's, he's doing this. And I think, it's, I think it's kind of interesting, too, because, you know, like, that's a argument that hasn't really been explored all that much. Biden knows Ukraine better than anyone. He knows the players. Russia knows him better than anyone, probably, too. And they are just not afraid of him at all. And that's problematic oh. for a president who still has three years left in his term. I mean, there, and, and the reality is every time oil goes up, Vladimir Putin buys another little miniature giraffe and a, and a lap dance. He loves the <laughs> Biden administration. They made him worth even more money than he was as the richest man on the planet. They let him build, go ahead. They let him build Nord Stream 2. And now you've, got, uh, now you've got Germany saying, well, you know, we don't want to go to war over Ukraine. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to have Ukraine and NATO when... Germany, you know, relies on Russian oil when a lot of these Western yeah. European powers rely on Russian oil, especially during this cold winter. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah. there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of talk on on that front. And people say, oh, well, you know, all these Western European leaders don't necessarily want to go to war over Ukraine. Well, they don't because Putin has uh, significant leverage over them. And, you know, we could be exploiting them American oil from the Arctic, from the Gulf Coast, uh, from other areas of the country. But we're not. I love it. Well, listen, Harris, Alec, you are instrumental to my show. Please keep up your writing at the Washington Times. I really look forward to having long conversations in the NSA black camp that we're both going to end up in. Thank you so much for joining me. I truly appreciate it. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thank you to your great audience uh, out there in Chicagoland. It's always a pleasure.
Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. How would you like to be able to connect all the dots in the news that you hear? That's what we do. I'm Dennis Prager. Tomorrow morning, starting at 11, right here on AM560, the answer. I got to tell you, I learned a long time ago, socialism is extremely expensive. Normally, the only people that can afford it are the politicians. Those are also the ones that profit from it. So when a story breaks about transgendering Chuck Connors, I mean Elizabeth Warren, you know, Geronimo, if Chuck Connors was really ugly and transgendering, he would be Elizabeth Warren. It turns out that Elizabeth Warren, tax the rich Elizabeth Warren, socialist Elizabeth Warren, her and her husband, Bruce Mann, who's probably not even close to one, they're worth $12 million. $12 million. See, you can really build some worth when you never pay for anything. When you have your little gas cards and you have a a campaign coffer where you could write checks for your entertainment and all your BS, where you could use your corrupt connections to credit card companies to, uh, you know, kind of steal profit from foreclosures and other ways in which this scallywag has amassed a fortune of $12 million, the socialist that she is. Let's start off by taxing these scum. So when you hear one of these socialists say tax the rich, say just give us your money. And we'll put it right on the national debt. Because after all, not only are you responsible for the national debt, you're a socialist. So give it up, Focahannis, Chuck Connors, Dan, Salem, Wisconsin. Hi, Dan. You brought up something earlier about Clarence Thomas. Yes. And uh, Joe Biden. Yes. I don't call him President Joe Biden. I never will. But what what, what hypocrisy. How they squelched her speech. Uh, Tara Reid. Yeah. And he had the nerve to go after Clarence Thomas. Now, Tara Reid, just to remind people, Tara Reid is the girl he raped in his office. That's what right? I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 She, she's, she, 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 all you have to do is call her a Republican. And the Democrats, the same morons, the same morons, not just the ones that voted for Biden, but the same morons that preach socialism and cheer for Elizabeth Warren without knowing she's quietly a multi, multi millionaire. Those morons Sean. don't care because all you have to do is call her, number one, a Republican woman, and you see what they can do to our women. You see what they do. Oh, yeah, they attack them. Sean, yeah. when we get back in power, it's, it's go after them. We're going for the juggler. We've never been. Guy, listen, first of all, Dan, don't ever confuse yourself. We've never been I mean, in power. Hurt them physically, you know. No, 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 but we've never been in power. And by, when I say we, I'm talking about people that believe in the real principles of America. We've never been in power. This system's been bastardized since the very beginning. We're just at the culmination of a complete and total collapse of the American principles. So the fact of the matter well, did is... You know, did you hear this too, Sean? What's that? Now we got to worry about our power grids because of terrorists? No, 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 no. You've got to be specific. He let You've them got... all in. No, John, uh, Dan, excuse me. They're not talking about illegal aliens attacking. What they're talking about is Republicans and Trump supporters attacking the border. You've got to listen to the news and the way it's being sold to you. It's grid? domestic, yes. Listen to it again during Joanne Jeanette's, and you call back and tell me, just tell Bunny if I'm right. Listen to the way in which it's phrased. Thank you, Dan. It's phrased that domestic terrorists, you know the ones, the ones who support Trump, the ones who don't don't recognize the feeble fascist as the president, the ones who questioned that 81 million morons would vote for Joe Biden. Those are the ones. Domestic terrorists, listen to the story and how it's being spun. It's to justify... Ferret face Merrick Garland and his Department of Justice Gestapo 
which is strictly to squash Republican opinion about Democrat corruption. So this is probably a completely false story, but it does fit their narrative. Now we have to watch out because it's the Republican supporters, the Trump supporters, who are threatening to take down the power grid. They're not talking about illegal aliens. After all, illegal aliens are their voting base. All they have to do is corrupt them through welfare. And I'm optimistic that they won't because I do believe those are people who come here because they know the Marxist game. But I got my eye on them, that's for sure. Teresa, Gold Coast. Hey, Sean. Uh, yeah, I was wondering, because I've been thinking about this, um, do you think Republicans in Washington are purposely standing by? They're not impeaching Biden. They're not doing anything because they're thinking, you know, go ahead, Democrats, destroy America. We'll stand by and then we'll win midterms and we'll win in 2024. What do you think about that? I don't think they want to win the way you want to win. I think we have a mm-hmm. we have a real problem. We give our dignity and our intentions and our principles to people who, by definition, don't share them, and that's Republicans. Republicans don't believe the yeah. way we believe, for the most part. There are a small minority right. that do. But do I think yeah. that Mitch McConnell wants to see a surge of people who want to reestablish American principles and put the constraints the only where they belong in this country on politicians and on lobbying and on political prostitution? No, I don't think he wants that at all. I think he's very content running the Illinois Republican fake game of just give us your money and we'll win. You got to give us your money and you'll win. I think he loves the system. And I answered my own question because the answer is very simple. How does Mitch McConnell stay in power? Because it's a corrupt GOP. He's corrupted. You've got Republicans that don't mind. He's married to a shipping heiress who isn't repulsive on that alone. Do you think she was attracted to him because he looks like John Wayne? Come on. He looks like Aunt <laughs> no. Come on. Mitch McConnell <laughs> exactly. was never a man. That poor thing thinks orgasm is next to Pluto. Thank you, Teresa. Appreciate the call. Bill LaSalle County. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. The real danger is all these Chinese-made solar panels. What's that prevented the Chinese Communist Party from mandating that their manufacturers put a Wi-Fi chip or just have an ability to software encode and shut off our grid because they're already connected to our grid, to our home grid. Yeah, well, there's that, and then there's the fact that they don't work and that it's technology that doesn't work, and it only works if you're in places like, you know, where I am, Florida, and even then it doesn't work because you're paying a 30-year mortgage on it and you don't even know it. Here's an old, uh, an old real estate rule. Never, ever be involved in a deal in which the house has solar panels on it because most people don't realize they sold it to them with a 20-year mortgage. Those things are never paid for. They never work. So, I mean, aside from what you're saying, there's a, there's a reason that the government wants to force it on houses, and there's a reason that the people who make up the government are interwoven with the Chinese communists. And I think we need to yep. start clarifying, Bill, too. We're not against Chinese people. We're against Chinese communists. I love the Chinese people. I mean, after all, that whole geisha thing, I'm in. I love it. Megan, Orland Park. Sean, hi. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? Sean, I just wanted to make a few comments about hippie life stacking. Mm-hmm. As every day goes by, I grow to dislike this woman more and more. I think she's pure evil. You and I were talking a few months ago, and I was trying to come up with like um, like an adjective for her, and the word is smug. Like she's like she's oh, yeah. better she's than everyone. Oh, like please. she's. She's the sorority girl who really is a tramp and wants to pretend to be a virgin. Yeah, I've been dealing with him for years. Yeah. Go ahead. I yeah. feel like she's got um, the color of her hair. 
It is so unnatural. I feel like she put red dye number two on it. No, it's, it's like I've never seen anyone with that color red hair. Um, I heard people calling her three stooges. Um, it was called henna color. Patty. Mm-hmm. Sure. What? Yeah, but the thing is, she's in that job because she's very good at what she does. I mean, she's really good at what she does. Thank you for the call. I want you to really just let's listen to it again. After all, this is a, a question that should have provoked at least some sort of an answer. What she does is go on for nearly 50 seconds without giving anything but a word salad of deception. And then on COVID origins, you guys are talking a lot about sanctions for Russia if they dare to invade Ukraine. What about sanctions for China at any point uh, for misleading the world about the early days of the global pandemic? We have used sanctions as a tool uh, as it relates to our concerns about the behavior of a range of countries, uh, including officials in China. Uh, but I have nothing to preview for you at this point. Is it possible down the line, though, that they that sanctions would be considered some other form of punishment for their actions in the earliest days of the pandemic? And no one has explained to me whatever happened with the Pfizer Research and Development Lab in Wuhan. What is the connection? between the Pfizer R&D lab that was promoted in 2009. I know that's a long time ago. I mean, after all, back then it was before Barack Obama strapped you with the socialist Obamacare. But in 2009, you can Google it. Use the evil Google when you want to find out where to get your free tests. You can Google Pfizer Wuhan R&D lab. And the tens, if not hundreds of millions that they invested in Wuhan, why doesn't anyone want to know exactly what happened rather than buying this bull story, bull dung story of a frog kissing a cricket that jumped on the back of a dolphin? Why doesn't anybody really want to know? Because if you found out, I think you'd be really upset. And then it would explain how so many Congress people and senators and their little pretend cabinets of their campaign contributors, nephews with a cork on their fork. All have stock in the same company. Is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. No, Pfizer is a good company. They're saving us. And all the people who have the Pfizer in their body, do you know what they're afraid of? The virus. Because it's really, it works really well. And they don't want you to know over 40% of the people that died in Illinois last week, all fully vaxxed. And whose fault is it? The unvaxxed. Maybe it's Pfizer's fault. Ooh, I say we start there. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. Keith reminded me, Geisha is from Japan. I was thinking about Kubla Khan and the special at so many of those massage parlors. I don't know. You, you got the gist of it. Dave Barrington. Hey, John. Love your show, as always. Thank you. Uh, I just called you just to give a comment that maybe it's been said before on the show or not. Biden is just basically the doormat for for uh, Russia and China to take a walk in on what they want. He's paid for, all paid for, and um, it's you just mean, a joke. How, you mean Dave and Barrington? I, I, Dave, I, do you think, you, you're trying to say you don't think that the mayor of Moscow and his wife gave Hunter Biden $3.5 million because they liked the cut of his jib? You think that they were bribing him 
so that and God knows how many other things they did with him and paid him off so that his their his father would make it and and assure a massive fortune be once again given to Vladimir Putin through moronic democrat policies like making America dependent on foreign oil and and weakening our position in the uh, in the energy industry while strengthening Vladimir Putin's is that what you're trying to say uh, Sean, pun intended. This is the communist red herring for both of them. Look, all all Putin has to do, sanctions, cut off SWIFT, all he's got to do is now shut off the pipeline of gas and oil. That's all i got to say. We've had sanctions. Thank you. We've had sanctions, Dave, on Russia for 30 years, and they haven't stopped Vladimir Putin from wearing better suits than our politicians, which is hard to do because our guys are walking around in $3,000 suits. Uh, the sanctions... Don't work. There's a thousand ways to circumvent them. And in fact, what you do is just create more enemies rather than punishing who you desire. You could punish Vladimir Putin by making America not just independent of its own energy, but an energy exporter. You know, the way we were on track before 81 million real, dead, made up, and illegal votes came in to put this diaper wearing dimwit in charge. John, East Chicago. Hey, Sean. Great show. Um, you're doing well, and I'm happy about that. And I have a quick comment. All right. Uh, Maybe Biden left $85 billion of U.S. military equipment in uh, Afghanistan because the Chinese told him it was a mandate. (laughs) I like it. I just just was hoping, you know, after he pretended they were a government, the Taliban, and we gave them $400 million that we'd ask for some stuff back. We'll give you the 400. Could you send a couple Hummers back? But nah, he misconstrued it. And uh, something tells me Hunter had a different definition of Hummer than I do. Thank you very much. Richard, Southside. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Splendid. Hey, fantastic. Hey, you know, I'm computer illiterate and all that crap, but I just heard, you know, on, on via the news and stuff that Spotify told Neil Young to take a hike. I love Neil Young, but when he gave them an ultimatum about Joe Rogan and then, hey, kudos to Spotify for saying, hey, Neil, See you later. Thank you very much. And you know why, Richard? Joe Rogan has higher ratings than any news network and shows combined. Every day, over 11 million people watch what he has to say. Not only that, they think about some of the things he says. And thanks to Joe Rogan, people are kind of suspicious of the propaganda by um, our government, which is sponsored by Pfizer. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Lee and Hammond. Hey, hey, Sean. And I bet that 11 million people is driving Howard Stern nuts. Oh, Howard Stern. First of all, can I tell you something, Lee? I never, ever got Howard Stern. Never listened to him. It was obvious he was full of garbage. Go ahead. You got 20 seconds. No, just just real quick. Uh, if the grid is attacked, I think we better find out where Ray Epps is at. What yeah. Oh, he got a promotion. He's now heading up the DOJ's uh, a terrorist wing. We'll be back after this. the streets of melrose park to the trading floor of the merc he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned and now with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in america he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the declaration of independence in the other he's sean thompson and this is the sean thompson show You know, we use the word 
given to propertyism, free markets, the idea of an economy for the citizen instead of the corrupt government. We use the word given to it by a Marxist called capitalism. It's really propertyism. America really is established on the principles of propertyism. It is a country that was founded on the fact you are your own property. When it comes to specific real property, meaning real estate, there's a covenant governments have with you. And that is that you are only to pay taxes based on the value of that real estate. Illinois, the sewer of Chicago, the Crook County, broke that covenant decades ago. And they figured out a way to constantly pay for their systemic corruption. And that is to diversify it through tens of millions of different properties and simply raise the pretend ad valorem tax, just a dollar here and a dollar there, take it away from the residential, put it on the commercial. And before you know it, you've got a crime family that pretends to be a political party. There's a reason Cook County and Chicago and now Illinois is a one-party rule, and that's because that scam is the gift that keeps on giving. Paul Vallis wrote an op-ed that he wants to come on and talk about. It was in the Chicago Tribune today. How are you, Paul? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I love having you on. I'm going to get you to confess the fact that you are not a Democrat. You don't even know what the hell it means, and you just do it because you don't want to offend your grandfather. But we'll get to that later. (laughs) In in your op-ed, you call a property tax time bomb is ticking away in Chicago. And I love Mm -hmm. this article. I absolutely love it. But I want to pose this to you. When you have property taxes in which they are senseless, and you have commercial pieces of property that are, for the most part, hanging on by a thread, and they're paying property taxes in Cook County of 125000 of 90000 When you have a scheme where ad valorem is just a word that people scoff at and it has no fact in law anymore, the bomb already went off, and uh, we're just living through the fallout. Well, I think there's something to be said for that. Let me point out that if you live in Illinois, I believe we are either first or second in terms of the highest property taxes in the nation. And if you live in Chicago, uh, we are the biggest property taxed state among the big cities. And I think we're second among all Midwest cities. So even with classification, uh, we pay much more in property taxes. And quite frankly, I mean, what are we getting for it? Look. I mean, I mean, the Chicago Public Schools, case in point, $9.3 billion budget, when you include the pension uh, contributions uh, but that property tax payers make into the teacher retirement system, 60% of our property taxes go to Chicago Public Schools, a system that was effectively shut down for 12 consecutive months. And then, of course, the teachers even tried to force another shutdown, or did for at least five days. So uh, you're right. We're, we're just getting... And, and look... The, you know, some will say, well, yeah, we have some states, some cities have lower property taxes, but they have higher, but they have higher sales taxes. Well, guess what? Chicago has the highest sales taxes among big cities, too. In fact, we may have the highest sales taxes among any American city. So we're number one, so to speak. So the lovely Misty Callahan, who I know you've met, you know, my old producer, mm-hmm. she has a theme for my show. It's, it's saying the quiet part out loud. All of what you said is very true. But the real problem, the real problem, is that you have politicians who pretend to be lawyers the whole time interwoven in a money scheme, a tax scheme, where if you bribe them or hire them, as they like to call it, they 
use their connections to Cook County judges to lower specific property taxes and diversify that savings onto innocent people who are most time unbeknownst to them or simply have no way to, to fight against it unless they once again hire them or another one of the pretend lawyers. And then when all else fails, they hold a tax auction scheme where they once again profit from their very corruption by stealing the partner, the property. I use Table of Wisdom LLC as Exhibit A. Isn't that also a problem we need to tackle? Uh, yeah, well, look, there's no doubt that, that um, you know, the, the property tax appeal system is really ripe with corruption. It's legal corruption because, let's face it, you've got a lot of attorneys who make money um, – managing these property tax appeals and they get paid and 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 then of course there's attorneys some of whom public hold public office but other law firms will then contribute to political candidates look i mean you know uh for years for years uh, a number of individuals including pat quinn uh tried to revamp the property tax to reform the property tax appeals board uh, to make that appeals board more consumer friendly and things like that all to no avail and, 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 you know, do you ever wonder why when you appeal your property taxes and if, if, if your callers think I'm wrong or there's somebody thinking I'm wrong, please, I, I, I'm always welcome. I, I'm always prepared to, to be corrected. But when you appeal your property taxes in Chicago, uh, it's not like you, you get them reduced until the next uh, reassessment. No, you're paying you arrears. Yeah, you've got to go back and you've got to file every year to get them reduced. So these and that is a system companies. set up the way you said. And, you know, I, I, I hate the term. And you're a smart man. Legal corruption. No, no, no. It's just corruption that's been been bastardized to where the people tolerate it. But the reality is there's a reason that Mike Madigan and that two-bit gangster Ed Burke have two of the biggest firms that deal with this. This is a gift that the Democrat mafia has been unwrapping for 60 years. And it's about time somebody stands up against the damn thing. But, Sean, you know, even if you – and let me point out, the point that I was trying to make about the property tax appeal system is uh, these companies will hire law firms and put them on retainer. And exactly. they, so they'll go in, they'll, they'll file – you know, so instead of like reducing your property taxes like permanently until the next reassessment, no, they got to go in, and and, and they got to have the same law firm go in and file uh, for reductions again and again and again. So that's how you know they, they almost it's it's a cottage industry like so many other things in the city. But look, even if you reformed the system overnight, it wouldn't get at the heart of the matter, and that is. Um, um, we just go to that property tax well again and again yeah. and again and again and again. So, I mean, revamp the property tax appeals board, prohibit elected officials from, um, you know, doing uh, any sort of legal work involving property tax appeals. It doesn't matter. I mean, as long as the government appetite is consuming more and more uh, of our well, taxes and as long as the property taxes remain the most dependable revenue source, they're going to continue to, to tax us to death. And as long as the syndicate, teachers union, has a blank check, we're going to keep going through these fake political battles, which aren't really political battles. After all, they bought the politicians that they pretend to be negotiating against. And the old ladies yeah. eat cat food because they can't pay for their damn taxes. And the system has to come to an end at some point, does it not? Or does everybody get smart like me and get the hell out of there? 
Well, look, my attitude, and I've been posting on this, and look, I said this at, at a American Federation of Teachers conference where I was on a panel with other superintendents when they asked me the question about vouchers. And I said, I support vouchers. I believe in school choice. I'm not going to deny poor children uh, the educational opportunities, the educational choices that affluent children have. And I said that in front of the crowd. And I actually didn't get booed. I'd probably get booed today. But the bottom line is, I mean, what we need in Chicago right now, first order of business, is to really push a what I call direct funding proposal. And the mayor can do this through the city council on her own and through her controlled school board on her own. They can, in effect, create like a, a, a direct funding system where families will receive money to send their kids to any school of their choosing. You've got to break the monopoly of the Chicago public school system. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to end this, this, this stranglehold that the schools have uh, over our property taxes. And I think that's something that, that, that the mayor can do before she loses or whoever the next mayor is before he loses or she loses control of the school board. And I think 2026. When you watch the news and you see that these are the children that we are supposedly paying eight or $28,000 a year to pretend they're educated, and you see that they are the 14-year-olds that are carjacking people, that are holding people up, when you see the news and you realize these are the, the kids that are being used as an excuse to extort the people of Chicago, when you understand that when politicians come out and say crime will go down if we could just put these criminals into a classroom and pretend they're not criminals, and pretend that they're not intimidating the good kids among us. Don't we also need a system that separates the the criminal, the felon, regardless of his age, separates him and puts him away so the other kids are in fact safe instead of intimidated and extorted and and, and really the new gang members for survival more than an alliance? I mean, haven't we really turned it over to Mad Max to where if you're not in a gang, you better get in one soon? To me, it's a prison without bars. Shouldn't these kids be thrown and separated from society and thrown in the, in the Huskow? Well, look, you know, I, you know, I've always felt when it comes to juveniles, look, I, I supported, uh, you know, I, uh, we adopted a zero tolerance policy when we were in the Chicago public schools. But one of the things that we also did, which they haven't done, or they haven't done, uh, they haven't expanded since my tenure there was to, was to uh, ex- create a network of alternative schools. So if we had obviously students, uh, uh, that had violated the zero tolerance policy of students that had been released from uh, incarceration, or for that matter, uh, or young people, I should say, or young people uh, who had dropped out of school and were, uh, and, and with little likelihood that they would return, uh, you know, we provided the educational, uh, the education and support services that they would need to help them, uh, uh, um, you know, to help give them another chance. So we were aggressive about. Uh, discipline, but we also, at the end of the day, also recognize that you know, particularly for young adults, we needed to we needed to provide avenues to get them back on track. You know, the fundamental problem with the Chicago public schools is they have the shortest school day and school year in the country. They're they are now moving away from standards. They're returning to social promotion. They're spending literally twenty eight thousand dollars per kid uh, uh, on a school system that offers wow. very little educational choice and. And, and, and what you're basically saying is the problem is the union. That's the problem. Yeah, the, the problem well, is the there's union. Two problems. Right. There's two problems, Sean. The problem is the union, number one. The problem is that monolithic, centralized bureaucracy. Literally only 60% of the money that goes to the Chicago Public Schools finds its way into instruction. 
And let me point out that it's actually slightly worse in the suburbs. So what happens with these traditional public schools is the money gets eaten up. It gets diverted. You've got these central office employees. You've got these massive bureaucracies. You've got these superintendents making exorbitant amounts of money. You, you have school districts where you have a superintendent, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, for, for a school district of a single school. <laughs> that, I remember I was once offered a job to be a superintendent of a, uh, a, a high school school district. It was after I lost to Rob Gorvich, if you remember in that very close election. And I said, how many schools is it? And, and they said, one. I said, you want me to be a superintendent? Of this school district, uh, does it have a? Uh, does it have the? Uh, uh, does they have a principal? They said yes. So my comment was, well, what am I going to do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? You know what I mean, so I mean, but that's 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 what we have. We have this machine that is just consuming our tax dollars. You know, oh, that's and, that's and why I have you on. You're really it's why I have you on. I think you're a decent guy. I do, but I'm gonna. You know, I got a caller wants me to ask you about education saving sure. accounts. All right, but here's the thing. I want I, I, that's a, that's a, that's a layup question. I want to ask you about what happened with the 529 plans when the corrupt Democrat mafia and 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 somebody who now is the front runner in the Secretary of State position lost the people's money through chicanery and misappropriation and pretending that he was investing it. Whatever happened when the 529 plans almost went bankrupt due to bad investments? And why is there yeah, well, no political know, fallout for the people that made the decision to lose the people's money? Why should we entrust them with a dollar more? Well, you know, look, I think I think that's going to be that's going to air out in the election uh, because the I think the front runner for the Republican nomination I think is a former prosecutor. So the bottom line is, you know, we're going to hear a lot more about that. You know, I, I ran for governor, I didn't run, run for treasurer, and and so I. You know, I, you know, I'm not as knowledgeable on that subject to, right. to really provide. Well, you let me know, you know when to, you need to really some. provide oh. the commentary. Yeah. What are you going to do? Are you going to run against this buffoon, Laurie Lightfoot? What are you going to do? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, look, uh, I, I've been speaking on these issues not because I was planning on running again, like it was on my bucket list. I've always said you never say never. I mean, if the support is there, I, I would certainly consider it. What's critically important here is they've got to elect somebody who can manage the city. And not yeah. somebody if, if there's an alter, and not just some alternative for Lori Lightfoot, who's just part of the machine, part of that establishment, maybe a little shinier and maybe a little, you know, at, at least on the surface, a little more mature. Uh, but at the end of the day, they've got to find somebody to run the city because really quickly, the city, the mayor controls twenty six billion dollars. She controls the schools, the CTA, the CHA. The park districts, the the airports, twenty six billion dollars, twenty six billion dollars, and you need somebody who has a vision. Uh, you need somebody who has management skills, and you need somebody who is not afraid to stand up to the special interests because uh, yeah, uh, because we're 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 headed down the road to Detroit. In fact, oh brother, soon, we I I think we already we blew past that. We Thelma Louise, this son of a gun, and that's the process. We're in the middle of the air right now. But I want to tell you something. I think you are a decent guy who knows that the system is corrupted. And I think you know that the Democrat machine mafia will fight against you because you threaten its existence. I think what you like to do is give the people of Chicago a sense of optimism. So you come on and you say this hoping one of these corrupt mafia members will maybe take you up on a little suggestion. 
And I think that's a wonderful thing. However, I also think you know exactly what the problem is and who's in charge and that we're pretending that we're breaking it up while it's getting stronger. And, uh, uh, you know, look, I like let me you. Just say one thing. But I think you've got a better chance of getting a head and shoulders commercial than you do winning the mayor's race. But go ahead. Yeah, you know, look, I ran against Bogoyevich and, and got outspent 12 to 1, and obviously they, they had another candidate in the race who was subsidized at the end of that race to, to keep him from dropping out. Uh, otherwise, I would have won by 100,000 votes. Uh, so I challenged this machine. I, I challenged it time and again. I challenged it when I was school superintendent. Do you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, I know what we're up against. What I'm going to continue to do is articulate with great specificity what we need to do to restore public safety. I'm going to con- uh, you know, to restore the police department, give them the tools they need to be effective. I'm going to continue to talk about how to balance these budgets and how to reduce our reliance on property taxes. But I'm also going to talk about how we can go unilaterally through the, with the right leadership in the mayor's office to a 100% school choice system like we have in New Orleans, 100% where you can pick your school up public, parochial, or private charter school. And so I'm going to continue to give people a roadmap. And and whether I'm ultimately there to implement the roadmap or somebody else is, I just pray to God somebody do it because the city is heading in the wrong direction. Well, that's why I like you. I think you're doing the right thing for the right reasons. But I, And I also want you to know this. I never bought that Blagojevich scumbag that he is and his Trumplican and all the other BS. Because if it wasn't for his father-in-law, Rod Blagojevich would be cleaning out my car at the car wash. And everybody should know it rather than being swindled by that uh, phony Casanova with his stylish hair and his lies. I find him to be repulsive. So I want you to know that I don't buy it for a minute. And, um, and many other people spot him for the fraud he is. Well, I'm not a sore loser. I mean, it's like... Uh, oh, know, I am. I don't like losing. I'm a terrible loser. <laughs> What's that? Well, listen, you come on anytime I could help you. I'd love to help you, but I'm going to get you to confess one day. I'm going to get you to denounce the Democrat mafia. Just call yourself an independent. Make me feel good. Don't establish yourself with that oh, Madigan crime family. Look, let me tell you something. I, I have. I mean, I ran against the establishment. I continue to run against the establishment. Look, I mean. It's a dirty word, you know, brother. Democrats, a dirty yeah. word. It ain't what it used to be. All right. Well, listen, uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to have a good exchange with you, and thanks for having me on. And, and God bless. Keep up the good work, and, uh, you know, you know, keep on keep on making making the argument that you're making. I think, uh, Paul, I think anytime your views are it views was... that need to be heard. It was my honor. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. No Victocrats allowed. Why? Because we've got a country to save. Join me, Larry Elder, tonight starting at 7 on AM560, the answer. All right. We got a full board. Can it be saved? That is the question. Kevin Austin, Texas. Hey, Sean. Uh, I'm going to ask you to just give me a heads up if you're going to cut me off. Quick question. Uh, Paul Vallis, the thing is, two things. Are you there? I'm there. Go ahead. I, come on. I'm going to start oh, okay, naming right. you repeat. Go ahead. <laughs> so two things that I think of when I think of politics. Tip O'Neill, all politics is local. And the mm-hmm. other one is Margaret Thatcher. First Tip O'Neill was that drunk. Win. Uh, that's fine. Uh, then you have Margaret Thatcher. Win the argument. Then you can win the election. The one uh, mayor who was successful in uh, overcoming the uh, the machine politics. Do you know who that was? No, go ahead. Who are you talking about? I was. I was. I, I'm, 
I'm still mesmerized. Harold Washington, you know how he did it? How? In, so in he lingerie? Out, he said if you, if you, if, if you get 100,000 people to sign a petition to get me to run, then he will, then he'll run. I think Paul Vallis should use that type of argument. And I'm kind of disappointed because he didn't ask him about the precinct strategy that, uh, that Dan Schultz talks about. And I think that is a way where you can overcome the, uh, the machine. Yeah. All right. I, uh, I disagree with you because of and this. Ask, and ask because of this. About it. it is, it is, a, it is an organized crime family that where I've lived with them. Good guys, know everything. Capitalists like me and you, love for the country, patriots, the whole nine yards. When sure. election time comes, they vote for a job. They want to get bumped up on the fireman list. They want the phony pension. I'm sorry, brother. You corrupted them. No, it's but over. I think, I think the, police, the police and firemen are tired of it, though. Well, that's fine, but they're the a minority. They're you're a minority. not going to get the streets and sand guys. You're there not going to you go. get the the. Uh, you're not going to get those guys. Yeah. You're not going to get the uh, the teachers' union. And you're but not going to get the welfare roaches. You're not going to get the welfare you, roaches. You, enough, you bought them off. If you get enough parents who are upset and want to be able to send the money to where they want their kid to go, that's what the education savings account thing was. And in the meantime, they brother, will go out. In the meantime, and I think Paul Bell What are your property taxes? Give me the ballpark. Give me, give, what's the ballpark price of your home? Ballpark. You don't have to be specific. Half a million bucks. What's the property taxes on your home? I couldn't tell you. Uh-huh. That's a lot of money. I mean, I can I, tell where, you. where I live I'm now. in the real estate business. It's a joke. What the county of Cook, well, it is a joke. what Illinois has done to the people. And what they've done is it they is handcuffed joke, the them to... where they can't afford the leave. Right. The way the way to overcome it is to use what uh, Harold Washington's strategy was. Uh-huh. Go out, win the argument. All yeah. politics is local. And I I'll believe that, can do that when the FBI indicts Pritzker, who has been interwoven with the Democrat mafia since he was a little baby, before he was a fat slob with love handles on his ears. That's how long that son of a gun has been friendly with Madigan, Ed Burke, and the rest of these scumbags. Well, here's guess the what you're going to call him next Madigan year? Governor. All right, yep. I got to cut you off. I got a lot of people. Cut you off. I warned you. Uh, Brian, Glenn Ellen. Hey, Sean. I want to correct your uh, analogy. Chicago will not be Detroit. Chicago is way bigger, way more diversified. We don't have a revenue problem in Chicago. We have an expense problem. So I think the analogy is Chicago is going to be Philadelphia. It won't be like Detroit. It. Philadelphia has really rich people, and then for everybody else, it's miserable. So guys, yeah. you know, super rich guys don't care, but that, everybody in the middle are going to leave. Guys that, like me are going to go out of state and get out of here. Good, and that, that was Paul Vallis's, uh comparison, not mine. But I, uh, I agree a hundred percent with you on on virtually everything you said. And uh, a further thing that I think people should be aware of is that what the plan is as they go and continue to tax industries specifically, those industries, thanks to the digital digital age, can pick up and move tomorrow, which they should do if they have any respect for themselves or their clients or the people who invest in them. The idea that we have tolerated this corrupt mafia specifically targeting indices in which they hate and they think have have revenue is a despicable thing to tolerate, when the reality is you're well, exactly gotta, right, and it's a spending that's problem. Right, Yes. Thank you, Brian. So they got to fix the this, they got to fix the spending problem. The way to fix Illinois is to have a zero percent corporate tax rate. So attract the corporations here, and the people will follow. And then you can yeah. tax them at the income tax. Brian, I love it, Illinois but it's a lot more down. lucrative to bribe them and then have them give you money <laughs> specifically back to the Democrat mafia. I love it. Love the optimism. 
Tim in Rochelle. I love your show. Thanks a lot for having it. Um, I've run for office in a little micro microcosm of uh, town uh-huh. and won. But the reason I did it was, and what I called about is, politicians need to stop saying, this is what I believe in, this is what I'm going to do if elected. They need to go to, to homes and say, what is it that you want? I'm representing you. This is a Republican form of government. What is it that you're looking for in? And people will talk to you for hours at that front door. And when you say, well, I can, I can meet you 61% of the way. I can meet you 78% of the way. I can meet you no, no way at all. I can meet you 100% of the way. Then you win enough people on your side to understand that you're representing them. When you look at what happened to Kinzinger, you know, he kind of just started thinking about his conscience. Well, I didn't vote for I didn't vote for him to vote his conscience. I voted for him to vote my conscience. Well, it's kind of fun and to I watch him you... evolve as a child, because when he got the job, he was That's a child. Bizarre. He's still a child, and he's evolving, and yet he's going to tell successful people, fathers, husbands, exactly what they should be thinking and how they should be acting the whole time being a spoiled little brat who set up a peck, which, by the way, has millions of dollars in it. Thank you, Tim. I also think you can start by saying you have a zero tolerance for political corruption. And any scumbag politician who moonlights as a tax attorney should be thrown in jail instead of reelected. I, I think we can all agree on that. Matt Gray's Lake. Hey, Sean, how are you? Good, how are you? Um, God. Well, first and foremost, the first guy you had on the segment, when you asked him what his property taxes were and he didn't know, mm-hmm. I, I have to call BS. Every single person in the state of Illinois knows what their property taxes are. I know on every process. property I'm even invested in what the property taxes are. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, that's, you, that's, that's the how stupidest you decide, thing I've ever heard a human being say. that's how you say. decide what your future is. That's how you decide what your plan is. And the problem I've yeah, had since the beginning is when you break the covenant with me, it's because you're robbing me. When I'm not paying taxes on the value of my land, then you're robbing me. And here's another thing. If a county is going to tell you what your house is worth, then they should buy it from you when you want to sell it. How's that? You're going to make me pay taxes for decades on what you say it's worth. And then when I go sell it and and you're wrong, what happens to me? Oh, I just eat it? I think I'm tired of that. But go ahead. Yeah. Now, here, listen. Here's my my piece on, on, on Vallis. His website... He says, politicians talk, Paul works. Chicago, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Haiti, Chile, and Connecticut. That, that, those are his, quote, success stories. Now, Chicago, put Chicago aside. Philly's a dump. New Orleans is dis- dis- completely destroyed the by the Democrats. He's talking about where yeah. he was hired to bring Haiti, up those Haiti. Well, yeah, and then he went to Haiti and, and helped the Clintons in Haiti where six or eight billion dollars disappeared. This guy is, he is, he is, he's next in line simply and, and solely because he's paid the tribute to those before him. That's well, how, that's how Rom got an office. That's how the, that's how I don't Beetlejuice think, got an office I'm and not, that's how he'll get an office. Here's the thing. I don't think he's in that, in that click the way you think he is. I think he, is a Democrat, was a Democrat, I think he's disgusted by what he sees. Now, if, I don't know what the specificity is of the Clinton uh, uh, Haiti thing. And if you're right, and I'll discuss it with him, I'll be more than happy to bring him on. But I, I can tell you from what I've witnessed is this is a guy that fights the system more than is a part of it. That being said, you know I don't like Democrats, right? I say it to him. I say it to him. I want him to denounce it.
Because to me, that's why. Don't call me a Republican either. I feel the same way. I'm not a Republican. I'm an American. That's what we all have to start to think like. Because this, these two yep, and- crime families have got a real spell going on. And they've got a real monopoly of corruption. 312-642-5600. I'll take the rest of you when I get back after this. AM560, The Answer. You're listening to America First with Sebastian Gorka on AM560, The Answer. No, you're not. You're listening to me. And I will not talk about Sebastian Gorka. I won't do it, not for anybody. Although I like Sebastian Gorka. He's a big dude, too. And he wears an ascot. Very confusing. But I like it. He makes it work somehow. Now, I think Jim in Campton Hills is talking about the culture of corruption, which I've read twice. I did not see Paul Vallis's name. Jim, Campton oh, Hills. Oh, no, no, no. Not, not, hi, hi, Sean. I love your show. You do a great job. And uh, Opus you. Opus is my favorite. So Thanks. from a standpoint of looking at the billions of dollars, Peter Schweitzer's book, I think it's called Secret Empires, because somebody mentioned Haiti and housing and, and billions of dollars, and the Clinton Foundation through the government of the United States, was given $6 billion to build 3,000 homes. And yeah. you do the math, and only 600 were even started, and none were completed. And when you follow the money, it happened to go back to the beautiful Clinton Foundation. Now, Jim, so it's a, it, two things. Yeah. Paul Vallis, was he mentioned in that? I don't remember that. No, 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 no. Oh, Paul, okay. I, I'm a Paul man myself. I think right, Paul's good. a straight shooter. Yeah, I think he's too. Second thing, no, did all. anyone ever tell you yeah. you sound a lot like Little Dick Durbin? Yeah. Have you ever heard that before? And I don't like that. Yes, I have. I, I do financial advice, and uh, people have told me that, and I don't take it as a cop. Makes me very I'm uncomfortable. Husky, is your wife a husky I'll, I'll lobbyist? You alley, is your Is your wife a husky <laughs> lobbyist, Jim? No? <laughs> no, she's right. a beautiful registered nurse. And Wonderful. I'm going to go see her. She's you are. All right. Wonderful. Good I night. like that very much. Thank you very much. I'm sure, I don't know. It might be little Dick Durbin in disguise. He sounded an awful lot like him. Miles on the 294. Hey, Sean. Yes, Miles. Hello? Miles? Hey, Sean. It's Miles. Can you hear me? I can hear you beautifully. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah. That fellow from Texas, he seems nice enough, but he calls in and repeats himself all the time. Yes. He's forgetting that the machine split itself between Daly and Burns. And Washington walked in with the black vote. So there was no grand scheme of 100,000 signatures with Washington that destroyed the machine. It was fighting itself. Kevin is a wonderful guy, and I agree with you 100%. Kevin is a wonderful guy, and I agree with you 100%. Here's the other thing. I tell you what I really believe, and then I practice what I believe. I want My real sadness is I can't get all of you to do what I did because you deserve it. And you don't deserve to be led down the prairie path by this corrupt cartel, by this patronage army. And you certainly don't deserve to bail it out. It's heartbreaking. And some people think they can afford it. I've got people I love that I go argue with daily about it. Nobody can afford this kind of corruption that Illinois now just is used to. Thank you, Miles. I appreciate it. Uh, Tom in Blue Island. Hey, Sean. Uh, Harold Washington more did more in Mount Greenwood than either Daly or Byrne did after he got elected. Harold so, Washington so had a lot like, sexier underwear than Lori Lightfoot. That's yeah. for damn sure. When I was like, right, when I was like twelve. Yeah. Um, so uh, I want to I want to ask you what Paul Vallis's angle is because I've heard a couple guys and and Vallis is a Beverly guy about a mile and a half east from where I grew up. 
Uh-huh. Uh, he can't be he can't be a straight shooter and a legitimate candidate at the same time uh, because he's, he doesn't maybe have he's any. Maybe he's had enough, and maybe he's got grandkids, and maybe he's tired of seeing his kids robbed, and maybe he's just sick of it. It could be. And for those people that have been doing that, then denounce the party. It's that simple. Recognize and reject it. And as for Harold Washington, you make it work, girl. I'll be back in 21 hours. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.